0: Welcome everyone, we're about to begin by This is Hashem BPJ number 70, that's bias Primi, Joint Share for Men and Women, Share number 70. So we're talking about the book Marital Intimacy by Aaron Peretz Friedman, and he talks about the concepts of Tyra. what is their view on enjoyment of physical pleasures. In general, it's the idea That most religious systems reject the physical and preach only the soul. That that's how you achieve your highest fulfillment. You deny that coarse, crass, animalistic body. And physical pleasures, according to these philosophers and these philosophies, seduces a person from spirituality. That's where the expression sins of the flesh come And the Torah generally does not prescribe to that view. They don't say that it's irreconcilable, the struggle between the physical and the spiritual. Usually, in most cases, the Torah rejects such a notion. The Torah maintains that if you use properly your physical body and existence as Hashem intended and directed in this Torah, then the physical becomes invaluable. The physical becomes indispensable to acquire spiritual greatness. And we're going to explain how that works. Now the truth is, there is even an entire based idea of precious, of separating from some physical pleasures. There's no question about it, there is a desire to have that Hanahoga as well, to a certain degree. But not to the extent that you don't marry and not to the extent that you don't, that you fast on Shabbos or you, you know, you 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 torture your body in unusual and cruel ways. But there is a entire aspect of that as well, of denying physical pleasures to a certain degree for for the sake of Kedusha. That is true. It cannot be denied. But Klal for most of us, and in general, the terror does not want that to be. They want the terror wants you to use the physical to bring up the spiritual. He wants the body and the soul to go coexist. Of course, the body being listening to what the soul is calling it to do, but the soul also realizes it needs to take care of the body by making sure it has enough food and enough rest and its basic needs are met. And that is Hill when he washed his face, he 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 had covered for the physical. Again, the Kaban is of course the Telemali Kim that's within. So Rashamshalfar Hirsch, Zechetzal Kabracha, talks about Thrill and talks about physical activities, how it influences the spiritual development. And he talks about just acknowledge the principles of righteousness and love itself is not enough to build up that life. You know, he said this based on combating the reform movement that took place in his day, where they believe that you know, to have the emotion in the heart is enough and the action really has no meaning. And he strongly opposed that and explained that symbolic words and symbolic actions are indeed necessary in order that they become stamped on the neshama, to preserve it for yourself and preserve it to others. Meaning, the idea of physical activity that the Torah emphasizes, to perform the mitzvahs, not like that scholar that wanted to reject it. Notice they said, put love of God in your heart, and you don't need the Tevon Shalyad. Put God in your mind, and you don't need Tevon Shal Rosh. They're physical archaic things. And Hashanah is saying, Adarabah, these physical things, Hashem was to slabish his will in it to do his ratzin and tefillin, even though it's made out of animal hides and uh, the string that surround you know, that's tied to the ca to the around the cloth is, is uh for, for the the hair of a calf and so on and so forth very materialistic, seemingly materialistic things, but ultimately it's for the highest mitzvahs and it's Ratzon Hashem. Even physical pleasure that results from the performance of a mitzvah is a means to achieve a deep impression. We have this type of concept by Torah when we ask about Ha'arevna that it should become pleasant to us. And look, it's a famous Hagdama of the Eglay Tal. Egelei Tal is the Sefer the, the, of the Avdei Nezer wrote on Hilche Shabbos and in al he writes that the mesikis, the arevis, the joy and the tainug that one feels for learning Torah does not re- diminish his reward, does not make it shloy l'shmo the sweetness is part of the mitzvah itself it, it enhances the mitzvah that's why we ask baha same thing with Oynik Shabbos when you're eating and drinking by the Suda Shabbos the cholent and the other things, whatever it is, if your kavanah is, while you're enjoying it, lechavet Shabbos, that's an ayinah. The same applies as we're going to explain with the mitzvah of Aina as well. So almost every mitzvah that's connected with action is connected to using the physical world to serve Hashem thereby. And our jobs as Jews is that the tyra is telling us, take the gifts of this world, take the matanais of this world, and elevate them to the height of holiness. That's why you take on Shabbos, the of Yayin, right? It's not enough words. Kiddush of words is not enough. Mederaisa, technically, that's enough. The Rabbanan required the wine. The wine, the, 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 which is represents pleasure, which could be negative, but over here we're elevating it and bringing it to kedusha. Shabbos you, have tanugim. you don't give chumashim to every person sitting, sitting by the table Now there's nothing wrong if you want to spread out uh, let's say uh, you know learn a, a couple of Mishnayis by, by, by the Shabbos table that's beautiful you, you could do that if you want to spread out chumashim so that you're saying that you want them to see, look inside while you're saying it to explain the Pasuk fine but that's not the ichor of what you, what you spread out by the Shabbos table. What do you spread out by the Shabbos table? Wine, fish, chicken, kolo, cholent, even the yapshik, yes, even the yapshik. You know, watch your health, don't go overboard, but enjoy it. And that is the fuel to, to, to heighten spiritual happiness if you do it the right way. So every single mitzvah kamat, of, that's connected with Maisa, combines the physical with the spiritual, which the, which the spiritual alone cannot accomplish. The riot of this um, brings down a curve called, um, first of all, says as follows, in paragraph 762 of Rejoice O Youth. So I'm going to quote it word for word and it's a very powerful concept. He says that when Yitzhak Avinu decided it was time to bless his son, he requested of him prepare tasty food, like I desire. So he's talking about tasty food that Yitzhak Avinu desired. Now you could say in a, in a deep interpretation he desired in it, so he sparks a kadusha within it, but Pashapshad is no. He desired it because it tastes good. Frankly, you see in the Gemara also, I forgot which. It talks about the Gemara. Talks about that I think Rav and Shmuel, one of them, liked pisciani, which is a type of a bird as a delicacy. They enjoy that, you know. And this is not what you normally read in typical biographies, that they put things in their mouth and like it. it does, and, and that's also true, where they ate because of the poverty, this this plain type of oatmeal and things like that, or not tasty food that. Others can't even see how they put it in their mouth even and these Gadailis all just ate it and it didn't bother them because then Kavanu was not for the you know for the, for the taste of it per se. Um, you have stories of Tzadikim like that, but nevertheless you also have other stories from Tzadikim where they enjoyed the tasty food. I Have Taka. They like specific food, just like the Tana, ravishmu whichever one liked Bisoini and Yitzchak also. Again, we can't. We don't know their hasaga. We can't comprehend the greatness of our avos. But you know the request is strange, right? Yitzchak was felt that his son was worthy of a bracha. So, in order to get that bracha, prepare me tasty food that I enjoy and desire. The answer is as follows: is that Yitzchak was preparing to make his bracha with the most heartfelt way. Earnest by having his body participate through the eating of the savory foods which his son brought. That is the aside of why he did that. Now you know Ravigdamila himself, he was too attached to cake and he didn't eat cake for the rest of his life, for what I understand, and, and soda and things like that. But he enjoyed Oilama when he bit into an apple, when he tasted a, a delicious piece of bread. And by the way, I spoke to dietitians that explained this to me, that we gravitate towards sweet foods. It's true. But what happens is because in this generation there's such an abundance of sugar, it trains our minds to, and it blocks us from enjoying the natural sweetness of natural products. So for example, in the olden days where they barely had sugar, Sugar was like a luxury, or even these days, if you cut out sugar from your diet for a long period of time, and then you take a piece of bread and you taste it, you taste a pepper, an orange, a tomato, it's it's a whole different realm of how delicious and pleasurable it is. Most of us can't relate to that. They say, a chocolate danish, I get. A tomato tastes okay, but not like a chocolate danish. A pepper tastes good, but compared to the, the chulant with the flunken with the oil, what that's, that's, well, pepper is nothing. And and a lot of that has to do with, because we're ruggle, we're so, um, our taste buds are basically hijacked by the sweet or other types of things. But the etsem thing is enjoyable. And Ravigdemilu was like that when he ate Everything, he enjoyed it immensely. The apple, the orange, the pear, the, the thing. And thanking Hashem for it elevates it. And to understand also this concept that when the, taira, when, when the Am Yisrael received the Torah by Har Sinai, Hashem said, Go back to your tents. Meaning be with your wives. And be intimate with, with your wives. Moshe Rabbeinu was the only exception to the rule. He understood. He always spoke to the Rishchena, and he separated. Everyone else? No. Shuv Go back to your tents. The others also went back to their tents. They didn't separate from their wives. That's not a Yerida. That's the Chilak of the Torah. That's what the of Peshischa explains. That the Kiyam HaTorah, is not through just the ruchniistic environment of Harsinai. It was still missing something. It's a big chiddish to say that, but it is true. The Kabbalah Satira on Shu'as is a beautiful, unbelievable thing that never happened and never will happen again. But Hashem is saying, I gave you Harsinai, I gave you Kabbalah Satira, you heard me, pe'l pe. whoever hears the, the voice of God and lives, like it says in Devarim. And nevertheless, Hashem is saying, That's not the shleimas of what I want you to do. Now, shuvu lachem laleichem. Go back to your tents. Whether it means go back to your physical daily lives and perform mitzvahs that way. Or whether it means literally go back to your wives and have intimate relations with them. And do that l'shem shamayim. That's a chalik of matantairah. It's not going down a level. It's going up levels. Because this is the tachlis of the kavana. Hashem is saying, take my Torah and bring it into your tents. Take my Torah, take me, and bring it into your bedroom. With your husband, with your wife. And enjoy it. But have a kharas to me and recognize where it's coming from. And that is the idea. Because the physical pleasure inspires appreciation. That's the kavana of physical pleasure. You want to go and break your taivus? There's times to do that as well. We talked about it. A Seder night, you could do that. When it's Leil Tefillah and you have to postpone it. Or when there's a chasana, whatever it is, and you ask and and you have to postpone it. Or if it's not a scheduled night of intimacy and a husband has a pull towards it to a certain degree, but he knows he could hold back and it won't affect him, Fine. So there's a concept of withholding physical desires to train yourself and to have self-control and to and to elevate yourself. There is a place for that too. But the Iker places, the Torah praises the enjoyment of physical pleasures as desirable as long as these pleasures provide the opportunity to feel HaKar Taha to express gratitude to Hashem who created this enjoyment for you. So that's why we talked about once before when a husband and wife are intimate together and they both enjoyed it, whether one tells the other thank you, whether that's a good thing or not not a good thing, and we explained it in a different sheer, that the only negative of saying thank you is if you have a mindset that it's a quick pro bono. Meaning that you quick, quick pro whatever the expression is, but basically your, your, your thank you is for a service and it's like you're exchanging a type of a service. So if you have that in mind, it's negative when you say thank you. It's actually degrading. But if you're saying thank you the healthy way, meaning I have a karasatoy takadush baruchu for having us experience this pleasure of being together physically. But I also have a karsatayi for you, husband or wife, for being the shliach and allowing me to experience that pleasure and that you gave to me and, and you wanted to give me pleasure and freely and openly and you express thank you to thank them for that. Then the thank you is a very, very healthy thing. Another thing that's brought down that's brought down in the Meshachachma, in the Pasik. People think that the, Hashem's first commandment to Adam and Chava was the lav. Don't eat from the eight hadas. But it's misunderstood. Why? Because it's misunderstood that Hashem wants you to severely limit your physical pleasures and enjoyment because he tells you, eight hadas, stay away from. But the Meshechachma brings down. No. The first mitzvah that was addressed to humankind was not not to eat from the Eitz HaNas but Mikol Eitz HaGon Ochel Toichel from every tree in the garden you should surely eat and then there's a qualifying restriction you could eat everything but don't eat from the Eitz so the goodness and enjoyability of the world the countless delights of all the Paris is not frivolous it's not unnecessary fun, unnecessary pleasure it's related to etzim, to the mission of humankind to enjoy these pleasures. Hashem wanted them to do that. And the forbidding to eat, the etzadas, was a prat, a minor modification. I'm letting you eat everything. But this one thing I don't want you to do. So the mesha explains that they lacked in the appreciating of the mitzvah aspect of you should eat they thought that it was optional if I want to eat it I eat it if I don't want to eat it I don't eat it it wasn't part of the mitzvah if they would have realized and appreciated that that's a mitzvah and they would have filled that physical commandment to enjoy all the delights of all the Paris in the garden they would not have been in the which caused them to get kicked out of Ganeben they fail to recognize the mitzvah of ocher toychel, the mitzvah of enjoying to connect to Hashem. And that lack of understanding created that they were nechshol nechit Which means like this, that Hashem's creation of physical pleasures, worldly pleasures, is not insignificant, it's not frivolous, it's not incidental, it's vital it's an indispensable part of avodas Hashem. It cannot be ignored. it cannot be dismissed. It is an intricate halic of in of Avaides Hashem and aina between a husband and wife needs to be looked at that way as well, not just for the mitzvah aina when the wife desires it, but even when it's not the mitzvah aina technically. And the husband desires it, but in a healthy way. He's not obsessed with it. He treats his wife with love and respect all the time. He's keeping mitzvahs and maiz and Then his sexual desire is not an unhealthy thing. And it's not frivolous, and it's not incidental. And it's something special. And this is something that a married couple needs to recognize and understand. That it's a chalik of ochil teichel. Hashem wants you to use it. Be careful not to overindulge. Don't forget me by, la- by, by not saying thank you to me for that car. you that I let you be there. Don't take it lightly that you have a husband or a wife in the same bed with you that you could hold. Don't take it lightly. People who lost their wives or husbands at a young age. They don't take it lightly. They don't take lightly any aspect of the loss of a husband or wife. They don't take lightly the fact, even on the physical part of it, that now they're alone and they have no one to hug and to hold. So when you are married and Baruch Hashem, you both are alive. And those who... Had this loss, may you remarry with a bracha, and a and a simcha. So you should have this again. But don't lose sight of that. It's not a klinikite. It's not cheap. It's not superficial. It is extremely important, and it's a chilek of HaVadus Hashem when you focus on the fact that Hashem is who gave you this gift in the first place. Bracha, and a